And when I look back to that experience, I realize that it, it was really life changing for me. And so ever since then, I've used writing as a way of healing and helping others heal in the same way. I wrote through my difficult adolescence. I wrote through being on bed rest with three kids. I wrote through two cancer diagnoses. I wrote through the loss of my dad. So writing has always been a part of my life, my passion. Welcome to the Intuitive Woman Podcast with your host, Tina Conroy. Gain clarity, confidence, and trust in your inner wisdom. Explore spiritual topics, including intuition, healing, wellness, yoga, vibrant living, and more. Hello, everyone. Tina here. Always so glad to connect with you each week. So before I start the show, I wanted to thank you for your amazing feedback on the last three series. The last three series was the Women's Yoga and Healing Retreat from Orient Point. A lot of you gave me fantastic feedback that you really enjoyed hearing from the guests, their takeaways, Chef Nancy and her menu, as well as her recipe, and also snippets from the yoga class. I'm so always grateful to hear the feedback because as a podcaster, we don't always get that feedback. So I really appreciate it and thank you. Talking about podcasts, I had the opportunity of being a guest on three different podcasts recently, Amazing Women, She Podcasts, and I want to highlight them, have you go and find their show, and subscribe. You can subscribe on any podcast app or even the Apple Podcast app, and you can find their show and check it out. One of the first podcasts I was on recently was Business Mindset Podcast with Holly Wharton, and that was episode 223. We spoke about connecting to a spiritual routine and using our tools to really have that passionate, beautiful spiritual life. The next podcast I was featured on was Biz Women Rock with Katie Kremitzos, and that aired October 23rd. We spoke about intuition and business and how to mold the two. Depending on whatever you do, it's fine. Whatever business is all good, but everyone has intuition and how to connect the two. And then lastly, I was a guest on the Empowered Spirit Show with Terry Ann Hyman, and that aired November 27th. We spoke about spiritual leadership and how important, especially now, to step into that power and to connect to it and know that we are worthy to share and connect to leadership, spiritual leadership, and create this beautiful community as we step forward in a business. I am so excited to share with you my guest today. Now, my guest was featured on my last radio show, Get Into It with Tina Conroy, and she is back here on the Intuitive Woman podcast. And she is author Diana Rabb. Diana Rabb is an award-winning memorist, poet, speaker, educator, and survivor. She's the author of nine books and over 1,000 articles and poems. She lives in Southern California. I was able to meet with her in person and do a workshop with her about two years ago in Roslyn, New York, her hometown. And it really was a fantastic workshop about journaling and connecting to yourself. And you guys know I'm always talking about journaling as part of our spiritual tools. The book that we're speaking about today is really dear to my heart. I have read it over and over again and snippets of it back and forth. And the book is called Writing for Bliss. It's a transformational book. And as she says, it's 
fundamentally about reflection, truth, and freedom. It has techniques and prompts for both the seasoned and the novice writer. So anyone can pick up this book and work with Diana's prompts to dig deeper and connect to themselves. It's a fantastic book. We have a great conversation about daily routine, transformation, and empowering women and all people to connect to that writer within themselves. So sit back, enjoy the show. Hello, Diana. How are you today? Hi, Tina. I'm well. How are you doing over there on the East Coast? I'm doing great. It is very chilly today, I will say. We've moved into definite fall, and it is definitely time for a jacket. That jacket weather, that fall weather, the leaves are everywhere, the pine needles are covering the cars, but it happens to be one of my favorite seasons. It's a beautiful season for transformation, isn't it? It definitely is. And it's interesting that we're talking about transformation today because I find as the seasons change, we change with them. And similar to animals, as we move into this season and the clocks change and the darkness comes, we come in, we hibernate in. And it's time when I think of this, put on a nice fire, grab a cup of tea or coffee, get your journal out, start writing. And I'm so excited to talk about this today. Me too. And I'm I'm excited to hear all the things that you're doing as well. Thank you. It has been a passion of mine to continue journaling. My journaling has changed over many, many years. And then to use that experience in my daily workings with women to empower women and have a spiritual daily practice. So this fits right in with the work I'm doing recently and continue to do personally and also working with others. Fabulous. Thank you. So I know you are a you are a previous guest on my first show, Get Into It, Tina Conroy. And I'm so delighted to have you back. A lot of the listeners may not have listened to that show. So I would love to take them back to your story, how you started writing and how really what happened with your grandmother and how that kind of spurred you into your emotions and transformation and bring us to a bit of today. Sure. My pleasure. So um, I'm 63 and I've been writing for over 50 years. I started writing at the age of 10. And it was the day that my grandmother took her life in my childhood home right there in Queens. Uh, It wasn't a brutal suicide. It was an overdose of sleeping pills, but nevertheless, very traumatic for a 10-year-old to find her grandmother. I was alone in the house. It was Labor Day weekend. My parents were at work, and I went into her room to ask her something, and there was no response. So I called my parents and they came running home and the rest of that part is history. It was a very sad day, but my mother was an English major. She went to NYU and she was dealing with her own pain of losing her mother. She was an only child and she didn't really know what to do with me. Therapy wasn't a big thing back then. And and if you did have therapy, you certainly didn't talk about it. So she went out and bought me a Cahill Gibran journal. And she said, uh, honey, I just want you to write down your thoughts and share what your feelings are about your grandmother uh, because she won't be back. And so I spent days days and nights writing about my grandmother, writing letters to her. They didn't let me go to the funeral back then. It was kind of not the thing to do. And so I was really in a lot of pain. 
But I think the real pain happened many years later when I realized what happened and I started processing it all. You know, I think kids, we take things and, you know, as they come. And when I look back to that experience, I realized that it, it was really life changing for me. And so ever since then, I've used writing as a way of healing and helping others heal in the same way. I wrote through my difficult adolescence. I wrote through being on bed rest with three kids. I wrote through two cancer diagnoses. I wrote through the loss of my dad. So writing has always been a part of my life, my passion. Now, as you're saying this, I'm thinking a little bit about my personal journey. And when I started writing years ago, and I had those old diaries with the key. Do you remember those? Oh, yes. <laughs> and they were pink or they had a ballerina or something. I remember even looking back now and then, you know, they morphed into other prettier journals all the way through high school and into college. I look back on them and a lot of them for me were kind of what I would say like trash journals. They were all the stuff, you know, they were all the negativity. They were all the, the stuff, the stuff, the stuff. And sometimes I look back, I, I know that those were my feelings getting out and putting them on paper, but I wonder now, would have there or could have been a way to change those, letting that stuff out of my head. And obviously we know it's very cathartic to get it out and put it onto paper, but could I have used it in a better way or a different way? And do you think majority of people that start writing just start writing all the junk out first? That's a really good question. I do think for the most part that people often start writing, you can call it junk, but you can also call it a place of pain or discomfort, something that's bothering them that they might need to work out. And then does it just continue kind of like down the rabbit hole? Do you think like journal after journal, page after page is this, this issue that they're dealing with or this, you know, whatever's going on for their life as they get it out and onto the paper is this type of healing or transformation because it's, you know, it's getting out of their body into the pen and, you know, into the paper. Yes. I mean, you know, I think it's very individualized. You know, uh, James Pennebaker, who did a lot of research on journaling, said that you should write until you're feeling extreme pain. And if you're feeling extreme pain, the good thing to do is to stop and stop writing and maybe go back to it at another time. So writing should make you feel better because you are releasing it. But if it starts hurting, then it's really a good idea to stop at that moment in time. And I really do believe in dating journals. And so that when you want to look back to see what you were feeling at a particular date, you can compare your feelings and then you can sort of monitor your transformation or your change of viewpoint. So that's very interesting to date them and then be able to reflect back on them. Exactly. Interesting. Now, I know there's a theory out there, which I don't adopt to, but I do know that some people feel like after you've written these journals or have written these things down, you should rid them or burn them or get rid of them because they're in the past. They're almost like hanging on to all those old things in the closet. What's your, what's your thoughts on that? Well, again, it's very individualized. I'm not pro destroying journals. I believe journals should be kept for either prosperity or for legacies or for future viewing. You know, my grandmother was a journal keeper and I found her journal after she passed and that was the biggest gift she could have left for me. And actually it was the basis of my first book, Regina's Closet. 
even though I found things that weren't too pleasant in there, it was still a huge gift to hear her voice. It was actually a way to keep her alive in my mind. So I'm not a big believer in destroying journals. Mm, that's so beautiful that you were able to to have something of hers and actually hold it and read the words and feel and probably hear her talking to you as well. Exactly. And actually, coincidentally, you know, she was orphaned in World War One, and she came to the U.S. and tried to go to college. And back in the day, women were not easily accepted into med school. So she never ended up going, but she did take a typing course. And so her journals are actually typed. Wow. A lot of typos, (laughs) but they were typed journals. So it was very interesting. Parts of it she hand wrote, but for the most part typed. Well, that's interesting because even with the typos, it's so clear, right? Because if it was, if her handwriting was difficult, it would be even difficult to read it. Right. So take the listeners through a little journey after kind of like where we are today and how this book has been birthed. I I love it. Writing for bliss. And you have, if any of you really go check it out in the show notes, I'll have all the information to find the book, but I love the idea of the feather and the feather for me is always a gift and, and very transformative, but can you tell us about what, maybe what the feather means to you? So that's what my interpretation is, but but why the feather? Oh, it's beautiful. Actually, I wish that we could see each other because I'm wearing a feather right now. Oh. I, I'm that person that every store she goes into, if there's feather jewelry, I claim it to be mine. <laughs> the feather is, you know, Native American cultures is significance, is truth, transformation, change. And I've always loved feathers. And I think it wasn't my idea to put it on the cover. It was actually the the artist who read the book and she put it on the cover. So I thought that really made me feel fantastic. I sort of gave her the reins to do what she thought would work best for the subject. And she was right on with it. Well, it's just a perfect enough the way it is. It just, it's perfectly situated in the cover of the book. So I really do like it so much. Yeah. So I'll get back to your other question. And that was my journey with this book. And I tell people that really this book is a combination of my whole life's work because I've been writing for healing and transformation since I'm 10 you know, I went to graduate school and I got my master's in writing. And every time I had a cancer diagnosis, I went back to school and I had a second diagnosis about six years ago and went back to my, and I'm fine, relatively speaking, but I went back to get my doctorate in psychology and with a focus on transpersonal psychology, which is all about the spiritual journey and transformation, because I've always been interested in that area. I'm not a clinical psychologist, but I'm a research psychologist. And what I researched in my study was the healing and transformative powers of memoir writing in particular. And I interviewed a lot of writers, very famous writers who used writing for healing. And it was just a beautiful beautiful experience to me, you know, all the different reasons they were writing, whether it was to keep a loved one alive, or if it was to reveal a family secret. It was really a very enjoyable project for me. I love that. And I love that in the foreword when I was reading that about transpersonal psychology, and it made so much sense about the memoir writing and the journeying of what's going on and again, the legacy to leave in the future or just getting anything that you're going through. 
I want to quote you. I kind of underlined some beautiful quotes. So I'm just going to go back to that. I want to share that with the listeners. This is in the foreword right here. By documenting the story of your life, you have the chance to relive, examine, and reconstruct your lived experiences in a way that can be empowering. What's more, by working through your life, you are able to draw a certain amount of energy from what you have been through. Reconcile yourself with your experiences and then move forward. I love that. Absolutely love it. Oh, thank you. Actually, that, that I think that phrase encompasses everything that you do, isn't, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. I mean, I think that I, I underlined and I started, and I'm one of these people that I love. I actually, what I've been doing is I love an actual book. And then I'm a, as you can tell with as being a podcaster, I love audio or I also love, you know, the Kindle, of course. So sometimes I'll have different books on different things. I love that I'm holding this book. I'm actually able to to mark it and, and play with it and feel it. I love that. And then sometimes, you know, I'll have, I'll have books where it's on audio or sometimes I'll have books that's on the Kindle version, but I, I love that. And I, I love to go back and just kind of use it as inspiration, use it as a driving force or that empowering. And that, and that's true, that whole empowerment. Yeah. So it brings me to a question and I get this a lot, like there's, especially, I work with women. So especially women, they're very resistant to writing or when I say the word journaling. And what do you think that's, what do you think that's all about? Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is a whole spectrum of people. I, you know, I'm just talking off the top of my head, but I think, you know, a lot of people equate journaling with kind of narcissistic navel gazing all about me, 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 and, and not enough about the universe. And, you know, the way I teach journaling is a little bit of both. And, uh, I think also women were so nurturing most, many of us that we don't want to spend that much time on ourselves and journaling just feels so selfish to some people. I'm just guessing. And then oh, there's the, you know, there are the people that don't like writing. They rather, you know, instead of writing therapy, they prefer to do verbal therapy. True. Very true. But that's so interesting what you just said, because I just did a whole retreat with women and my whole theme was self-care is not selfish because we don't put ourselves first and we don't take the time. And one of the exercises in the day was a one day retreat out in Orient Point, which was so spiritual and so sacred, very Native American as well is after the yoga class, I had them keep the space, you know, stay quiet and contained. They, they, I gave everybody this little, it wasn't even a journal, it was a little like notepad. And I said, just write down anything you want to remember to yourself. And we did that twice throughout the day. And, and majority of people I, out of 11 women picked it up and would jot a little bit down. I saw one or two just sitting there never took the, never opened up the paper. And, and that was fine too. That was part of their, their journey. And at the end of the day in everyone's gift bag, I have a note card and I didn't learn this myself. I took this from my, you know, we learn things from other people, my spiritual teacher years ago, it's a note card. And I said, write a letter to yourself, address it, give it back to me. And I'm going to send it to you. And everyone said, what do I write? I said, anything you want, write, you know, dear Donna, go ahead and remember this day. And then I'm going to literally put a stamp on and they're all going to get it at some point in the future. It had left such an impression on me when I did my yoga teacher training, I had written a letter after these seven months of completion. And months later, I get this in the mail and it's my handwriting and I read it 
and the transformation that I had already occurred. And it just brought really joyful tears to my eyes. So I, I love using those type of things in, in all that you're saying. Yeah, that's a beautiful exercise. I love that. And so what's the time frame between writing it and mailing it? Well, that I haven't, I, I'm, I'm still kind of playing around with it. It can't be too close and it can't be too far off. So I would say anywhere between, you know, three months is the shortest to six months. Um, I'll probably do about three months, something like that. It was just, it just made such an impression on me when I went through my training. And I remember you're getting a letter with your writing on it. So you're, cause you're at, you addressed it to yourself and you're reading these words. And a lot of the things I completely forgot, it was like someone else was writing it to me, but then there was this very sentient feeling in my body that obviously it was me. And I, I have it to this day. And that was in 2007. And I have it to this day, this little notebook, little notepad, you know, little, um, stationary, but it made an impression. And it was interesting because I followed up with everybody. I had 11 women and one being my mom who came to the retreat and I didn't get all the letters back. So I called my mom the next day and I said, mom, did you write a letter to yourself? She said, no, I didn't do it. I said, do you want to do, do you want to do it and send it to me? And she just had no, she had no desire. So I didn't push it, you know, especially your mom, you don't, <laughs> you, you only can push so much. I'm lucky she even came to the retreat, but it was, it was a really eye opening experience for me. And we'll see how it is for everybody else in, in the future. Mm-hmm. No, I love that. I think it's a fabulous idea. I mean, one of the exercises I do in a lot of my workshops is writing a letter, not to yourself, which I think I'm going to borrow that from you, but writing to someone else that has perhaps passed away or someone that you have a message to that you, you know, I really am a big believer in letter writing. And I think, uh, as a matter of fact, I'm buying some Christmas presents now. And I was, before you called, I was online looking at stationery because I'm trying to send, give stationery gifts so that people start writing letters. I love that. Well, it's true because everybody now it's an email or a text and a lot of people are, are not, have lost the, they've lost the art of writing. They've lost the, the literally art of writing, scriptive writing or print. It doesn't matter what you do, but so many people don't write and because they can type. So it's, it's, it's very interesting. It's very different energy for me. I have a paper calendar. I also have, of course, a phone and a regular calendar, but I still love writing and doodling in my calendar. So there is something very healing. That's great. Thank you. So it brings me to some of the prompts because I love this book as, I mean, you can use it in so many different ways and share with the listeners a little bit about this prompt writing that you talk about. Well, prompt writing, well, it's, I think it, well, let me start by saying the idea of prompts is really to get you going with your writing, especially for those people that just don't know where to start. So it's just giving them ideas, sort of like a, you know, a springboard, if you will, where to launch their writing. And it could be something very simple, like, I woke up this morning thinking that, and then go on like that. Or right now, I feel as if it can be very broad, or it could be really specific. And so I sometimes use prompts, even as a writer and a, you know, who's published nine books and over 500 articles, sometimes I just don't know what I feel like writing that day, but I make a habit of writing every day. So I will just open the book and give a prompt or to myself. One of the favorite prompts in most of my workshops, believe it or not, is write about the first time you rode a bicycle. Wow. That's interesting. Wow. Because I think everybody 
well, most people from my experiences ha- have that, you know, that experience, but they all see it differently. And it's a, it's a happy moment. And the other one is right about the first time you were kissed. You know, I think there's so many launch points that we can write about. We have so many experiences that we all live. And then it's also fun to share what you write about. You know what? I, I love that idea of using prompts because I, I get that a lot from people. Well, what do I, what should I say? What should I, what do I write? I don't know what to write. I don't know how to, you know, on and on and on and providing these open-ended prompts. It sounds like open-ended questions allows them to put on paper about their, their first bicycle, their or first bicycle ride or their first kiss, or maybe one of their happiest moments in their life things like that. And you have so many different prompts in here. I'm just going to go to the book, but you have so many different prompts in different sections. What would you suggest someone that is really new to this work and they, they pick up your book and they have a desire to start writing? How would you suggest them go about it? Would you suggest them just going, you know, reading through the book cover to cover or kind of just looking through it and finding different prompts? Like what, Maybe there's a maybe we can help people out that are wanting to do this, but maybe a little resistant. Yes, again, I think it's everyone is different. And this new book that Tina's talking about, Writing for Bliss, which just came out in September, it is it is a seven step plan to telling your story and transforming your life. I would suggest actually, you know, skimming the book, just cover to cover at first. And I actually say that in the beginning, just glance through the pages at first. See if something grabs you, something that you might maybe want to learn how to write poetry. There's a chapter on unleashing poetry. Maybe you want to tap into writing about your emotional truth. There's a chapter on that. Maybe you want to figure out how to prepare yourself to write. And that would be, you know, steps which would increase your self-awareness, such as meditation, yoga, and also, you know, certain rituals. I think rituals are really important to get writing, you know, have your cup of coffee, have your cup of tea beside you, light a candle, get your favorite journal, get a fabulous pen that you love, maybe get one of those pens that has all different colors. So I think each chapter inspires different people in different ways. So it's really hard to say from the reviews that I've been given to me, People say they love just a quick read through at first, and then they go back and read chapter by chapter uh, consecutively. And I agree with that. I think obviously it's a very individual choice, but that is what called to me as well. And that is also what you suggest about the book. I found that as I kind of skimmed through, and then I went back and forth, and I'm the same way. I like to create sacred space around my writing. So I always have a cup of coffee. It's usually coffee. I usually have my cup of coffee. I have my pen. I have my journal. And it's something I do every single morning. I've made it very non-negotiable for myself. And, but I do like to create that sacredness about it. I, I sometimes do light a candle or burn some incense, but it is that idea that I'm sitting down, I'm taking the time and I'm allowing myself to, to enjoy the process. Yes, exactly. It's, it's like anything else. It's like, you know, a ritual sort of and and the journal for the person who wants to be a writer is sort of like, you know, the, the stretching before the workout. So it's really, a, and, and if you're an artist, you have a sketchbook. So if you're a writer, you have a journal. I love that. I, that's a great, a great analogy about the stretching before the workout. I love that. So where can people find you, Diana, your website or any workshops that you have coming up? 
Oh, yes, of course. So my website is dianarab.com, and that's D-I-A-N-A-R-A-A-B.com. And on my website are all my books. Writing for Bliss is the newest one, of course. It's on the homepage. And then in the upper right corner, there's a section called Events, and it tells exactly where I will be teaching workshops. I'm going to be teaching some in California, some I'm going to Seattle this weekend. I will be in New York coming up. I'm going to be teaching at the Open Center in the city uh, in June 2018. And I'm going to be at Metro University 1440 in Santa Cruz coming up as well. So I'm all over the place. And if your group wants me to come talk or give a workshop, I'm, I'd be happy to. The other thing is I also have a newsletter that comes out the first of every month. And you can sign up for my newsletter on my website and it has all kinds of writing tips and inspirations usually pretty connected to the month and this month is the month of gratitude i love that and i know there's a lot of people listening a lot of women listening that are spiritual teachers and put together workshops and i can tell you firsthand that i attended diana's workshop writing for transformation in 2013 or 2014? Yeah, I think it was a while ago. Been a while now, and I can tell you it was fantastic. So definitely reach out to her if you're looking to put something together. And I'm so excited that you'll be at the New York Open Center, where there's many listeners here that listen from the New York area as well as around the country. So this has been such a pleasure. Thank you so much. And I know that I'm going to continue to use this for my journey and my transformation. And we just appreciate all that you do and, and all the work that you do. Thank you so much, Tina. It was terrific talking with you again and hearing about all the great work you're doing as well. Thank you. Have a fantastic day. Namaste. Namaste. Thank you so much for listening. So as we move into the holidays, I wanted to share with you a meditation series that will be beginning on every Tuesday in December. So it will begin on December 5th and end on December 26th. Every week on the podcast will be a meditation, and this will be a 10-minute meditation so that you can use to get through the holidays, to de-stress and less overwhelm. The holidays are a beautiful time, but they do bring up a sense of overwhelm, a sense of stress, and I want to try to get you through the holidays with as least stress as possible. Remember, we keep saying self-care is not selfish. So join me in the series in December, 10-minute meditations to get you through the holidays beginning December 5th. Enjoy your holidays and thank you always for listening. Namaste. Namaste.